Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Boy and the Bear. I'm Scott and I support the roller coaster club that is Rangers. But to prolong my joy, I do a podcast every week with this guy. Yes, I'm Patrick and I support Celtic. Safe to say that myself and Scotty never really see eye to eye when it comes to matters related to football, unless of course it's an opinion shared by our officiator, Steve. Thanks boys. I represent the neutral in Scottish football and take great joy in spending my weeknights finding topics I know will have these boys disagree and sit back and enjoy and do occasionally offer my own opinion. Before we get started, it would be great if you could subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and follow us at BoyBearPod on Instagram. And if you want to suggest this podcast to people that you think might like it, other pals you know that like football, don't necessarily even have to support Rangers or Celtic. Uh, we're trying to spread the word as far as we can, so that would be really, really helpful. If you want to email us any suggestions for topics to cover, trivia questions, whatever you like, send it over to theboyandthebear at gmail.com. Yes. Now this is a little bit of a bumper episode as we've had two rounds of fixtures and what we like to do to start our podcast is with Scott and Patrick providing a compliment for each other's teams. So I'm going to group the fixtures together lads and probably say for me Celtic just edge it. Just edge it. So um, I know Hat Rangers had a very good result um, last night away to Hearts but uh, yeah. Celtic look like they've got themselves back on track with a good second half performance against St Johnston and then what I thought might be a, a bit of a tricky fixture last night beating Hibs so Paddy open up the floor please mate yeah I mean it's you've essentially covered what my compliment is already like Tynecastle away is probably the trickiest away fixture in Scottish football uh, typically if you're looking at the sort of hierarchy of Scottish clubs uh, and for Rangers to go away and do that off the back of you know Hearts being really hard to beat and being three games I think and beating three or four games it's unbeaten four, it's four, four games, games unbeaten, unbeaten. Yeah. yeah and to do that and get a proper narrow classic sort of 1-0 win uh, shows a lot of fight that I thought was maybe starting to disappear from the Rangers team after a you know especially after that European fiasco against Aris just Aris eh? but yeah uh, a solid 1-0 win one that I'd have gladly taken at Tyncastle as well yeah no thanks Pat I mean it was a good performance and, uh, so my compliment to you is obviously you've mentioned him a few times throughout the a couple of episodes but O'Reilly just seems to be the man in the moment right now. You know, he's what two goals against St. Johnson and Hibbs, like both crackers. And I think St. Johnson one was an absolute rocket. Like, you, you could put two goalkeepers there, no, no one's saving that. A great finish, great finish. Well, it turns out you actually quite like some of these Celtic players, Scotty. Yeah, absolutely. This is a football <laughs> podcast after all. I've got to try and find something neutral to discuss otherwise it'd just be one miserable bear talking <laughs> to himself you know so <laughs> well seeing as it is a football podcast we have had some feedback gents um, from one of our listeners I know you've seen this but hi gents uh, actually I'm going to stop you there Stuart I don't think that is how I don't think that's how this listener addressed us in this oh, email. No, I thought I was going to go for the family-friendly version, but yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just read out from start to finish. Hi, pricks. <laughs> that's more like it. Yeah. What? Maybe, Wonderful. Maybe you just misspelt my name. <laughs> I think an episode or section on hearts or hibs wouldn't go amiss. Interested to know who you think is having a better season and where they will finish. Also, what needs to happen for them to break into the top two? Now, clearly. Kenny, who's who signed it. Hello, Kenny. Um, has Hello, obviously Kenny. not read the title of our, our podcast called The Boy and the Bear, but we will give Hearts and Hibs a little bit of coverage this week since Celtic and Rangers have just played them. And uh, yeah, 
I will open up the floor to you first, Paddy. What do you think of Kemi, Kenny's comments? And Kemi. What do you th- <laughs> Kenny, Kemi. What do you think the two Edinburgh clubs have to do to break into the top two? A, f- a hell of a lot, to be honest. I mean, Hearts traditionally seem like the closest, and you could argue Hearts have, have broken into the top two. You know, in the last few years, they've definitely split Rangers and Celtic a couple of times. I think from I mean, you had that George Burley season that they looked on course to win the league until. <laughs> Vladimir Romanov decided to completely flip the lid you know looking at the history of the club's hearts would seem the most likely but let's be honest hearts are not going to break into the top two if Celtic and Rangers are at full strength that's some, you need one of the one of the old firm and hate to say it Scotty that's more likely to be Rangers in recent years to have a bad season for any other team hearts Aberdeen Hibs to have a, a sniff at getting into the top two well here's a question for you boys which club's bigger Hearts or Hibs? I, I split it down the middle for me. I think it's really hard to tell. I think I, I, this is properly sitting on the fence, but I wouldn't be able to tell you. I think they both seem like two sides of the same coin. Now, Kenny's also asked who's going to finish higher or where they think they will finish. I actually still think I prefer Hibs' manager to Naismith at the moment in terms of the way they play football and their identity. Hearts might have better quality up front at the moment but I actually I, I, I'm going to go a bit left field and suggest that Hibs will finish higher than Hearts he's got manager of the month did he not yeah we yeah, did I mean it wasn't too long ago that Naismith was looking as if he was going out the door so I think credit to him for sticking about but yeah I think he's a he's quite a whiny character on the sidelines by all accounts he looks like it he was moaning last night ex-rangers are they that's all he's do. <laughs> hey 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 I've said this before you guys do the, the moaning alright so mm-hmm. um, well Aberdeen played well against us <laughs> hey, but nobody else mate <laughs> so to, I think to answer Kenny's Kenny's point um, I think that it's difficult to to say who's who's had the better season so far because no, they both has a higher up the table. No, I know, but they both <laughs> had their, but they both had their difficult starts. You know, I think Hibs are building a bit m- more momentum under this new manager. Obviously, Hearts have beat four one. Yeah, I know, but against your club, who you know, so, but everybody else though, you know, it's everyone else that they um, seem to be doing okay around. So I think it's really hard to tell, um, and. I'll just go opposites against Pat. I think Hearts will finish higher than Hibs. Yeah. Just to keep things interesting. I agree with that. So. Just simply because of Lauren Shanklin. Now, what I would say yeah. is if... Re- it won't be happening if we sign him in That's January. exactly what I was just about to say. If Hearts hold on to Lauren Shanklin, Hearts for me. Um, yeah. But if they don't, I, I just don't think you can replace that quality in a, in a January transfer window if you're a club nah. the, the size of Hearts. So. You saw him last night, you know, how well he held the ball up and kind of dragged the, like Vargas and... Um, some of the other forward players up the park for Hearts last night so yeah it's definitely a massive player for them yeah. well listen thanks very much for writing in Kenny that's your that's your, that's your five minutes I hope, that, I hope that lasts you the whole season thanks Kenny I don't thanks, think you even got five minutes <laughs> um, writing into a Celtic and Rangers podcast asking about Hearts and Hibs <laughs> hey listen you got to give the boy props you know for for just trying to be heard somewhere he's also asked us to get him on the pod nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you willing to pay, Kenny? That will decide. Actually, that's true. Um, no, listen, thanks very much for writing in. I, and I would like to actually extend, by the way, an apology that I've made again. Um, oh, God. Oh, what's going same, on? An apology? It's the same apology, but I'm just making it twice. Davy Marshall last night was unbelievable. I know they got beat for, but he was unbelievable last night. 
Did you not text us last night saying you were watching the English games instead? Ah, I did, but I saw that. Right. Saw the highlights, mate. That's what I did. I saw one save and formed an entire opinion off the back of it. I did, I. Because I was actually going to ask you what you made of him because I thought he was uh, he was a bit ropey at best. For what? Well, let's let's go on then. So right. Celtic, Celtic, Hibs, Pat. Yeah, Celtic, Hibs. Um, no, I think Marshall did have a good game. I'm winding up. I mean, the difference. We've played four halves of football since since we last did the pod. One of them was one of the worst I've seen from a Celtic team. It was like COVID season vibes. Honestly, like Yang with one of the maybe one of the worst halves I've ever ever seen from a Celtic player. Did you not? Um, did you not say that he was a good sign on the last yeah, podcast? Honest, uh, yeah, and I think he's still showing flashes this season of of potential. But he's, you know, in a proper Celtic team, he's probably fifth or sixth choice winger. But you know, necessity forces him to start. The, I, th- I think I remember texting you guys at the time was, so I'd watched the, you know, the first half of the Celtic St Johnson game. And then I was in a, in a bar that's you know kind of frequented by people like Scotty, lots of Rangers fans, and uh, yes. So obviously Celtic equalise with a great goal from McGregor, and then you know the Matt O'Reilly goal, which is just stunning. But then right before, and I still think we need a new keeper by the way. But right before Celtic's third goal, Joe Hart makes a great save to sort of close it off the line. But so many of the Rangers fans in the bar thought that that had gone in and they were up cheering. Obviously, they're all getting ready to go to the St Mirren game. They're all cheering, thinking, yes, it's back on, it's back on. And some of them hadn't even realised that Celtic had gone up the other end of the park and Forrest had scored. <laughs> it was like, that gave me great pleasure watching that in amongst them. Um, so, yeah, no, a really worrying half against St Johnston. And it was so refreshing to hear Rodgers finally lose his patience afterwards and call them out. That's what Celtic fans have been wanting to see from him from him for ages do you, do no you, excuses do you think sorry Pat do you think he did that to put added pressure on the board and do you think the board are actually going to act in January and should yeah. they act in January yes they should act in January um, you know we could easily sugarcoat the fact that you know when Rogers came in he said he was very happy with the transfer business that had been done you know I'm not going to forget that and let, let him off the hook but if he thinks that the squad needs more quality to compete which clearly it does in Europe which is the reason he said he came in then absolutely we need to act in January. Um, just going back to the point I was making, it was so refreshing to actually hear him have a go at the players because it's something that the Celtic fans have been you know, crying out for and feeling like no one's listening for quite a while. Um, so for Rodgers to come out and publicly criticise you know, the work ethic after that first half was a relief, to be honest, because if he tried to cover that up with the usual you know, great character, played really well, I'd have really struggled with that, to be honest, as a Celtic supporter. Because but, it, sorry, Pat. Yeah. Sorry. Can can he realistically though go in and throw players under the bus? At, you know, every time that they don't perform, or is it just a case of maybe it's like, you know, it's a one-off or you know. Uh, yeah. Do you know I mean? Uh, no, it's like, a fair point. But I don't think he's. It's the first time he's done that this season. You know, and that, I think that's the reason it's been effective. I think the difference between him and Lenny, who threw players under the bus every week and eventually lost the entire club is that Rodgers has done it exactly the right point. He's tried to protect his players and now he's reached a point where he's gone, no, this is not, this is simply not acceptable. Even after the Hibs game, which I'll move on to very quickly, was a much better, much better performance. He's still, after the game, said Mikey Johnson needs to do much more. Straight, he praised everyone else, praised Iwata, praised O, who played really well, and then said Mikey needs to do more. You know, he's not pulling his punches anymore, which I think is 
really encouraging. Yes, Steve, I think he is doing it to put pressure on the board. Good. He's doing it to put pressure on the players. Good. Um, and I think he's really got the fans a lot more behind him after. You know, he's, he's handled the media very well in the last couple of games. If you're in the, if you're in the boardroom, though, Pat, why would you do anything in January? It's. I, I saw this debate. I think you, I think it was you that shared it, actually between you know Boyd and Sutton were having this exact debate. <sighs> to me, it's a bit of a moot. Why? So the question is, why would you improve your squad? But in January, though, but when you know, surely if your remit as Rogers has come in as as you've said is. You know, he wants to do well in Europe, but Europe is over for you guys this season. So is it realistically, like... If you're a club that plans forward, be... which we want to be, then absolutely. Yeah. McGregor, uh, McGregor, O'Reilly and Hatate were January arrivals. You know, look at what they've done to... It can be... Yeah, no, I, there's I no get ex- that. There's no excuses now. The board simply have to act. We need a new goalkeeper. We need a left-back. And we need wingers of a higher quality. The, Le- the league's not done yet. You know, we're going no, to have this I, chat later on about the gap between Celtic and Rangers, yeah. but the, the league, the league's not done. No, it's not done. The but if the if Celtic were to lose the league from this position, having gone out of Europe and gone out of the League Cup, and don't, and they don't spend a penny in January, can you imagine they're after the fans? They absolutely oh, yeah. need they, to. They shut down volume two. <laughs> <laughs> they they need to improve the squad because we want to become this Champions League club, which we're definitely not at the moment. From obviously, from what you've said before, like with the boards, kind of refusal at times to spend money I don't think they'll. I think they'll look at it's this not, position and go and, and go sorry Pat but I think they'll just say what is the point we're out of Europe we'll, we'll strengthen in the summer when we've got more realistic chance of getting the targets you want at a better value because obviously January is quite notorious for overpaying that's for not, it's a, players no, that, you know it's not, that's not notorious it's, it's notorious for teams like Celtic to make that excuse the board might do that yeah you're right but if they do it's criminal and it shows sheer contempt for the club and what we want. We want to see Celtic improve. Why? Why? Why do we bother going along every week if the plan isn't to improve the team? You know, no, this I get is you. where I'm the frustration. Just, of, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, but. I agree with you. I agree with you. Like every Celtic fan, you'll hate this. We'll agree with you for that because that is what the board have been doing. And there we go, people. We <laughs> found common ground. We we are demanding an improvement in the team. Yeah. You know, it, it's not. It's the frustration of Celtic fans at the board is that we every time we are in a position of strength, we fail to build from it. And they sell us this dream of being this Champions League team back where we belong. Pish. Yeah. Uh, What what did you make of the crowd last night, Pat? Flat. Again, because because the Green Brigade aren't there. That's a a problem that seriously needs to be resolved. Pronto. Really flat. Um, A lot of empty seats. Freezing. freezing, Not a lot of empty seats. It was like a freezing Wednesday night, midweek game. I can understand there's typically harder to get to I think the whole club just feels a wee bit flat in the moment and do you think because Rogers because Rogers exact words where the players are going through the motion do you think yeah. that that could be extended off the park the fans seem like they're going through the motion the board that, certainly seem like they're going through the motion it seems like maybe Rogers is the only one who's who's not who's not yeah yeah no I, I think that's fair um, I still maintain that one of the reasons or the main reason Celtic lost the the title during Covid was because we didn't have the fans to spur them on. And typically that is what drives great Celtic performances. And also, I think that point has been proven time and time again by the fact that the reason Rangers won it that year is because they're crap at playing in front of pressure. And they played in front of empty stadiums and became the team that they could be. I think I think um, it's fair in saying that Celtic fans were expecting, um, to a certain extent, Rangers to slip up last night. So in terms of dealing with pressures, it's perfect to move on to this point. Hearts versus Rangers, Scotty. 
obviously yep. must be happy with the one 0 result. But what else do you take from that performance? Yeah, got to be happy. Like as Pat said at the beginning of the episode, it's probably one of the toughest grounds outside the old firm to go to. Um, so I think to come away with a clean sheet, you know, it's a tough venue, fans are on your back. I think we did well in spells. You know, first twenty five minutes, like it was a bit. We weren't really settled. We couldn't really find the passes, and then obviously the injury kind of forced us into a change, and I think that helped us build momentum into the game. So I, th- I think it's a good sign that we can win a difficult venue. Okay, we should have had the game put to bed fairly quick, you know, with some of the chances we got, but I would say that it's a good sign, and it's it shows that Clermont can get something out of this team and obviously does need backed in January to hopefully push on and make a title challenge. I mean, I, I think right now it's, it's quite difficult you know, to foresee that we're going to claw back the eight-point gap right now because we've obviously failed to capitalise on something. Yeah, we've got a game, I suppose we've got a game in hand as well, but I think some of the failures, especially, you know, there's signs there that the manager is getting a tune out of the players right now. Um, I think, you know, St Mirren, going back to the St Mirren game, I think that could have been a banana skin as well. You know, they, they like to come to Rangers, they like to get in our faces and, you know, O'Hara's got a decent track record of scoring against us, so they're not scared to come to Ibrox and play and I, th- I feel like we handled that them quite well and over the course of the game, it's not, okay, there's not been a full 90 performance in the last two games but I think there's signs of steady improvement and I think once we get to the January window and he's come on, has got a bit more time with the players I think come back and you know Is there the same demand for from Rangers fans for money to be spent in January than there is for Celtic? Oh 100% yeah I think it's more like glaring I think it's more glaring where our where our shortcomings are than you guys you know I think you guys need more like from a bench point of view, you know, whereas we just need people to actually come in and I think it's a lot start. I think, I think that's a little bit unfair on the Rangers board though to demand signings in January. No, no, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're, that's what I said. Remember, pitch, though. like Lammers yeah, and I mean, Des- like it's the same with Celtic. Like, yeah, I, like, that was actually awful, reminds me. I was going to disagree with you a wee bit early on, Scotty, when you said that we're not at, we're not criticising the board for not spending money. The problem is they're not spending money wisely. Oh, you know, there, was a, there was a study done recently about the amount of time Celtic buy these project players, players like under five million, say, yeah. and the hit rate is dreadful. There's a couple is that of not the that, market we operate in. No, it's is not. That not the market. It's not, that we, it's not. Like, and the the players that we spent over five million on, players like you know, uh, Edward, Julian, yeah, these are the players that end up being a success. And it's like, yes, you get what you pay for. And then we've still made money off the back of those players. Well, no, you've got to factor in wages, etc., into that as yeah, well. Yeah, no, those players, that is, those, that is those, those the, the more you, I mean, I more you a, spend, the bit more you get back out of it. Yeah, That's I know, what I'm saying. I've seen a stat. Aberdeen are very good at doing it. So Aberdeen had an operating uh, loss of £5 million, but made £1.2 million, I think it was, as a profit, but that was all off transfer. So their whole business model ref- requires them to bring through Dukes, Mioskis, and then sell them on. I think it's a sad state of affairs of Rangers. I do agree with you, Pat, if Rangers Celtic start taking that approach. We've had that approach for years, though, Steve. But like, I, I think, sorry, that, boys, not, just not, to... Not to the extent where it should be, oh, you've got a team and four players in it are going to get lost every season. That's entirely like. Celtic's model. Like, we've, we've, we've been carried by money that we've sold Van Dyke, Tierney, Edward, Dembele, 
for that's that is Celtic's model to a lesser extent is to develop these players, give them a chance in Europe, and then sell them on to Premier League European teams. That's Celtic's model. Yep. I don't like it. That's what we're that's what we're trying to get to, and there's there's merit to it, but at the same time, you know. Well, your problem is you, you uh, held onto your assets till they ran out of contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and absolutely. Like you're not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend. Morelos is still a free agent. Christ, no, you're fine. No, I got they got relegated. <laughs> oh, is it? They got relegated. Yeah. Santos the got relegated. Yeah, yeah, so hundred and fifteen year history or the something. Year after so. Pele dies, and Alfredo yeah. Morelos is <laughs> striker. Unbelievable. Um, but Pele I, I think just. <laughs> I think just going back to the point about signings in January, I, I do think there will be funds available and I do think funds have to be made available for us to get like some key positions, like a striker. We need, we do need a striker because, you know, we've spent vast amounts of money on Lammers, Dessers and Danilo and the contribution from all three of them is abysmal. Well, you one know. thing I wanted to ask you, Scotty, is that you're you're asking so, for new signings, but one of yep. the first things Clement said when he took the job was about the the injury the injury room. Obviously, it had been oh. it had been quite full. Now, yeah, I'm right in saying a couple of Rangers players went down a game last night. Tom Warren's been one of them. Yeah, Tom Warren. Have, have you noticed um, any difference in terms of fitness of the players, or has is, is Clement had any more to say on it? Because you're you're asking for new players, mate, but you've got a big squad. It's just about trying to get them on the yeah. pitch. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I think. That's what he said as well. If in his press conference, he said we're really bloated in certain areas. So you look at our attacking midfield. You know, on the books we've got Lammers, Cantwell, uh, Lawrence, Hadji, Lowry. Ugh, it's Christmas time, mate. It's okay to be bloated in some areas, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, but we're not bloated in the middle, mate. That's the problem, you know. We are supposed to be bloated. Um, so I think we do have a big squad, but I think. You know, as Clement said, and I, I agree with what he said, is it, we're bloated in the wrong areas. You know, we've got strikers that aren't performing, so we do need somebody to put the goals in. And Kamar Roof, as much as everybody, every Rangers fan would love Kamar Roof to be the number nine because he's a fantastic finisher. You love but, signing players with injury but, problems, eh? Like yeah, Aaron Ramsey, was, John Suter, yeah. Kamar Roof, like. Tom Lawrence, Tom I mean, Lawrence. Just, just pick, just pick anyone, mate. And Campbell. legs made of crisps. I, I do think that's the problem. That's where it. You know, we can get these players on to the park for long enough. You know, so we're not seeing the value for money. We're not seeing the end product. We're just buying what we think is good players, and then they break down after three games or three training sessions. Like, and I think that has to be. Addressed, and I do think now that we've got the head of performance coming in from Brighton, um, unfortunately his name escaped me, but he's just come in the door. He'll be starting his role in two weeks, I think. So, according to Clement, that should make a massive difference. Starting his role on Christmas Day. I think it's about the week before Christmas, mate. So, um, hopefully, he can provide a Christmas miracle and get some of our. Well, Merry Christmas, mate. Here's our photo of the <laughs> King in the Change. Here's, here's the 40 bodies up. that are in your uh, medic room <laughs> right now. But yeah, I do think, to just finish and like, to answer your question, I, I do think there has been signs of fitness improvements. I feel like at the start, Tavernier, Lundstrom, you know, these guys that have always had a decent engine look really leggy at the beginning of the season. And now, you know, they seem to be able to go the full 90 and not. 
like falter. You know, look, look, remember the first Aris Limassol game where I slated John Lundstrom for not running back and just giving up, and he looked absolutely yeah, gassed with his. You know, this is like his four. Did really, did really well in the second. Aris Limassol game. <sighs> then don't the that the Aberdeen uh, of uh, the separate league. You know, all those cracks. Yeah, it's papering, but we can get onto that in another um, another episode, boys. But no, no, get onto it now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you were saying you were going to absolutely smash them. Yeah, yeah. You go off script whenever you want on other episodes, mate. So <laughs> no, not at all. I'll, 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 I'll. I think you should talk yeah. about the Aris Limassol yeah. game. Um, move on. Uh. <laughs> well, listen, boys. I think it's I think it's safe to say that going into the January window and what the boards are going to do for both of your clubs, I think the thirtieth of December and a small matter at Parkhead is going to determine a lot of what the boards are going to do. Scotty, I'm going to start with you on yep. this one, mate. Do you see the points gap between Celtic and Rangers widening or narrowing in that time frame? Hmm. And do Rangers realistically need to take three points from that game for the title race to be back on fully? Yeah. So to answer your obviously first part of the question, my heart wants to say that it will narrow. You know, just being Rangers fan, I don't like conceding you know, and saying, you know, things are over before they're actually over. But I think it's very difficult to to realistically sit here and say it will narrow by a significant amount. I mean, I know we've got the game in hand, so if we win that, it'll take it down to five points. Mm -hmm. But I don't see it dropping any deeper than five. I think it'll be five for, until we meet each other. You know, Rogers has obviously come out and slighted them and they've put in a good performance against Hibs. I think, you know, that'll continue... They've got nothing to play for in Europe anymore, so I don't think they'll be going into it with too much like focus. You know, I think the focus will be strengthening the position in the league. So I think it will narrow, but not not enough for us to overtake them going into the old firm game. And I do think three points is a must in that game. If we if we are really serious about putting a title challenge in this season, I think three points we have to go to Celtic Park and get. A performance and a result. I think you know that the fans are. I think it would give the fans some hope that Clement is the guy to take the the club forward. So Rangers have got Dundee at home. Then you got your Betis. Yep, and then away. we've got the cup got, final. Got the yep. cup final. Then you got St Johnson at home three yep. days later. Then Motherwell away on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve. Then Ross County. You've got a game every three yep. days until the Celtic yep. game. Celtic, on the other hand, have Kilmarnock away this week. Then we've got our home game at Feyenoord, which we will be trying to win them. No, I don't. Sure I don't. I don't mean like that. you're not trying to. I just mean you might not be putting the same focus and energy, yeah, and that's what I mean. Yeah. It won't be as intense. Yeah. Might get rested. yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, Possibly. you're not going to play some of your key stars that have maybe got knocks or something. That's what I'm meaning. And then we've got Hearts at home, Livy at home, Dundee away on Boxing mm -hmm. Day. We're going to be so much fresher for it. I think, not necessarily because of quality of the teams, but because of your schedule yeah. and the need to prioritise. And the fact that the Europa League game is now a must-win, I think, is like that's that is a legacy of that Aris yeah. Limassol. Oh, hundred percent. It's more focus. I, I think the gap's going to be wider because I think your players, as you've already said, you've got a squad that needs yeah. work done. I can't see Celtic dropping points no. in the league. Touch wood. But I can see you. I can see your schedule catching up with you, and I think the gap is going to be wider. I think it will be 
I think it's going to be an eight-point gap by the time we play each other, and we've got the, we'll have the chance to make it eleven. Is there any part of you, Pat, that thinks like you'd like the gap to be smaller so your board actually do something in January? It's an interesting question. No, I think I think Rogers has made it quite clear that there needs to be investment in the in the squad, regardless. No, it, it all comes back to he said he was coming back to Celtic because he wanted to make Celtic a force in Europe again, a team that could make the latter stages of European competitions. The reason the Celtic fans are so annoyed is because, to the board, beating Rangers to the league every season and winning a treble or a double is job done for them. Whereas for us, for fans, it's not. We want to see ambition, we want to see a bigger picture, we want to see a plan in place that allows Celtic to return to the top table. And and actually compete when we get there. And so there's a difference between what I think the board will do and what I'd like the board to do. Um, but I'd like to think that the gap over Rangers at that point won't have a bearing on the on the job that's done in January. I think there would be more incentive to spend if we were second, because I think the, I think the protests from the fans would be even louder. But I don't think there's going to be a difference between a three-point gap and an eight-point gap in terms of how Celtic are going to spend, are because you, not, you would you, like to think they were planning on these they were planning these signings already. You know, are you not running a risk here as well of Rogers getting to next summer and going, I just, what's the point of me being here? Yeah, it's happened already. Yeah, there's literal recent history to suggest that he wasn't fulfilled. You know, we didn't sign him again when he wanted him, and we got Yusuf Malumbu instead. You know, that's. That is the fear with this Celtic board. Oh, yeah, I, and look where John McGinn is now. Um, yeah, un- unbelievable. Who do you do you think the gap will be wider? I do. Yeah, I saw Rangers schedule as well, and I yeah. and I I'd actually what I would say right that's not a slate on Rangers. Um, I don't want to I don't want to alienate my uh, my fan base of Rangers. Fans. Look at look at him trying to claw out the. I'm not a closeted bear. Look at this. I think you're going to get humped, and I think you're going to the points are going to get bigger. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. I watch uh, I watched Tom Lawrence go down last night. I see your injuries yeah. you've got. I seen your schedule, and it's actually uh, what I would say is if you get to the thirtieth of December, and the gap remains as it currently is, five points with no games in hand, yep. whatever it is, I think you've done incredible. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that and I think it's season defining stuff, isn't it? For I Rangers. think yeah. um, I think that puts pressure on Celtic as well. By the way, if you get to thirtieth of December and you've and you've kept the gap where it is, because two. But listen, boys, if anybody can go anywhere. and Beat Celtic Rangers, Ibrox, Parkhead. If you go to Parkhead and win, mate, that that title race is more. Oh. And I just probably make you favourites if you win it. Uh, this could this on like when you look at what is what is there for oh, Rangers yeah. this month. You've got Europa League progression with an away win in Spain. You've got a League Cup win to get you know another trophy yep. under the belt. You've got a chance to win all your games in the league and build momentum. And then you've got a chance to it's go massive month to Celtic and win. And the the thing is. It's not going to happen, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if someone else goes down injured, it's definitely not happening, you know. So see if see if Aberdeen beat you in the league oh cup. Oh god, uh, we're just in, we're just in an episode on Aberdeen stats versus Rangers. Listen, so I'm feeling I'm feeling festive, right? Yeah, okay, that's good. If you uh, first time, if I... Rangers win every single game uh-huh. between now, yes, and the Old Firm game, including the European, including European, yeah, and the League Cup final, if you win every single game. I'll do the next pod in a Rangers top. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. that is uh, that is that's some. Wait a minute. So you'll be wearing a Rangers top if they win every single Bef- game. 
from now f- up, and t- up until the old firm game yeah. so for our old firm podcast, podcast I'll wear Rangers you top. could be wearing a Rangers, every Rangers top. Win every single game that is sensational mate and I hope to God Philippe Clermont and the boys are listening <laughs> to this let's do it but if Aberdeen beat you in the final you need to wear a sheep costume oh shit <laughs> Oh, the thing is. Oh, you have to take. Yeah, I've got. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm virtually shaking your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got steaks. Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable voice. Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, listen. Moving on. Moving on. I don't know where we go from there. To be honest, Amazon to get the sheep costume. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to everything. It's moving on to what makes everything you boys have just talked about possible. TV deals are becoming the main source of revenue for clubs, not just in this country, but abroad and closer to home, England. Um, I'm not sure if you boys have seen this week the new record TV deal that's been announced for English clubs. I Waterland. Um, yeah. Um, so $6.7 billion is the new TV deal, um, which is a four-year deal, um, and the main beneficiary of that is Sky Sports. Um, and it just got me thinking, obviously, we've... we've, we've We've covered it a little bit on previous podcasts in terms of TV deal for Scotland and where we stand and what we can do to grow it. And I thought this this week was a perfect opportunity just to sit back and, and actually look at it from a different point of view, lads. Where realistically can Scottish football go? Because we can't compete with what England have got in terms of, of in terms of the Premier League. So what can we do differently? First of all, to get our domestic fans back. I mean, you boys joked earlier on that I watched English game English games last night. I did. And I've, I'm, <laughs> it wasn't even like a question for me watching English games. What can we do to get people like me watching Scottish games again Paddy you're at first what can we get to watch people like you watching Scottish games again a free pie with every entry <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say you're a man that likes his pies that's all <laughs> I think we had a chance a wee while ago and we blew it do you remember cast your mind back to I think it was during Covid and there was the league restructuring mm-hmm talks and they were proposing some really exciting options and it was quite clear that fans across the board supported a top flight of 16 or 18 yep. teams and then you invite a couple of the of lesser teams from the highland and lowland leagues up to to flesh out the leagues yep. below and you have each of the you know the championship league one and league two would still remain at 10 clubs and you'd have an expanded 16 or 18 team spfl now, the fans wanted it. It would create more competition for relegation. It would create more, you know, you'd do away with a split, so you'd have a more exciting end to a season. Um, if you had three clubs fighting to avoid a drop in an 18-team Premier League, it would be much more exciting for fans to watch. You could introduce a... I, I quite like the Scot- the current Scottish playoff model. I think it's really exciting. But you could expand that as well it's, it's flo- the fans even w- that though still flawed because the team that are finishing uh, second bottom in all the leagues don't have to play as many yeah. games aye it's, it's rigged in favour of the top flight yeah. team I agree but the, it does add excitement much needed excitement to the end of a Scottish season when things are sort of tied up already the fans wanted it people wanted it the uh, people were excited by it and there was a lot of buzz around it and the clubs all decided that they couldn't go ahead with it because they'd lose their three games a season with Celtic yeah. Rangers which essentially keeps them alive how about these clubs actually just were forward thinking? You know, I, I feel like, and I include my own team in this, I feel like Scottish football clubs are run by absolute dinosaurs. Yeah, you know, not in general. Of course, there's some, there's some owners that I think 
are doing really exciting things with look at like Queen's yeah. Park, for example, yeah. Leanne Dempster. They are developing and they're looking forward and it's really exciting to see. Fair enough, this season hasn't gone as well as they'd have liked. But at least there's a plan there. There's some ambition. There's no plan or ambition, it seems, at my own club, Celtic. And I don't think there's any plan or ambition at Rangers because these clubs are both just happy enough. Uh, to it, it's, called me, it's called a merry-go-round, just hiring and firing a manager every six months. So We've still got we still got clubs. With, I saw an interview with David Martindale recently, and I understand why these clubs have plastic pitches, but it just yeah. shouldn't be allowed. Blank, find another exactly. way of making money. You know, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. We are the worst at selling yeah. our own game because there are people like me and Scotty who would prefer to watch real Scottish football over what we perceive as a sort of plastic English league. We, we the fans do in terms of population come out and support 100%. Scottish teams, and you've seen with clubs like Kilmarnock how they pretty much doubled their inside stadium fan base when Steve Clark was the manager because they were ambitious. There was a lack of ambition, a lack of forward planning and a lack of actual want to better Scottish football across Scottish football and it comes right from the top at the SFA because they're happy with the status quo. And until that changes, I'm not going to blame you for wanting to watch the Premier League, Steve. I'm really not because where's the alternative? But I see potential in Scottish football. I see potential for making it exciting but we've still got a 12-team top fight with a split that we had in 2001. Yeah. Yeah, sir. No, covered, covered it pretty extensively. There were, Paddy, I just wanted to finish on uh, one of the points you made there because I think I'm right in saying <clears throat> a lot of the clubs um, voted, like you said, to keep it as current status because of the game, the extra games they have with the old firm. Where yeah. do you stand on clubs like St Johnston allowing three stands to go to old firm teams? I actually don't mind it because... Especially if we were to reduce that, you know, I can't on one hand say these clubs want these games and then on another say and fill the stadium yourself. I don't mind it, but what I'm saying is Kilmarnock proved that when you put a decent offering for your money on the football pitch, you won't need to do that because they had three stands full of Kilmarnock fans. Yeah. Bye bye Rangers. (laughs) That's where that came from. I I know I laugh, but that is where that came from because Kilmarnock had managed to put a decent product on the pitch for people to watch. The fans came. Yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah, but the the reason I ask that, and for me, is 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 to come back, is I can't imagine myself watching a game that I don't I don't want to have a pick aside on. So if I watch, for instance, St Johnston versus Rangers, I'll be honest, I really couldn't care who wins. I just want to see an entertaining game of football. I would really, really struggle if it was a St Johnston home game and I had three tier three sections of um, Rangers fans watching that game. Mm. I'd struggle to watch it. And I think we have to figure out a way to, to move on from that model. Yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Scotty? No, I, I agree with what Pat said in terms of, you know, we, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot at every opportunity to, like, become, you know, like, was it, like, trendsetters in the games? And our two, cl- and our two clubs are, two, are probably the most yeah, culpable. I, I do, to, I, to an extent, Pat, I do agree with that, but other times I don't because I look at, you know, Say what you want about us, but Rangers, what was it, two seasons ago, did try to say they wanted an inquiry into Scottish football to see where they can modernise it, what kind of, you know, what's the status quo, how can we change that, you know. And then you don't let Celtic fans but out. Th- right, that's that's what I'm saying. I agree with you at, at points, but not everything. And I'm just saying that, you know, like we're, it is a very tribal, you know, we club like it's my ball I'm going home type of thing I I don't want to you know do anything that upsets what I get whereas there is no and I I think me and Pat can both agree on this that there is no 
longevity. There is no forward-thinking plan of, okay, this is where Scottish football is in the year 2024, but the year 34, we want to be up the top or competing in a more, you know, on a wider European base. Sorry, Pat, yeah. No, I also, just to add to that as well, Scott, in terms of making it, just leading by example and trying to enforce change, I read an article recently, I think it was the Dutch club FC20, yep. they made 6 million mm-hmm. euros from their BSA. Yeah, I was going to go on to that, mate. Uh, that's... I'm sure, yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, you are going to fight the case. Absolutely. Games, but, <laughs> and I can see why you wouldn't allow it at Sun Games. I really, I, like, yeah. I can. I've seen football fans, they'll sneak yeah. alcohol in anyway. But I think... It doesn't have, I'm, it not, doesn't, I, I'm not generalising here, but I just think it's such a dated and it's such a classist, yeah. like... It's such a classist law to put in place that you but can't drink I, at a football game, but you can at a rugby yeah. game. I but I think what ridiculous. you're doing is you're also creating a culture of getting people tanked up an hour and a half before the game starts, you know, whereas if you, like myself, I like the commute to a game, you know, I like walking to the stadium, you know. Well, you can't even drink no, you a can't, train now. You know, no. so, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. You're in a supporters bus, so you're, when your mate, one of your mates is driving the three of you, you're going to tan as many beers as you can before you get to the ground because you know you can't have a beer in the stadium or you know so I think for us to move forward I think that has to be an option where clubs like St Johnson so they don't have to put three stands of Rangers fans can sell beer and can sell you know make make their own money from that or Livingston for example I think that has to be something that really needs to be looked at to move forward I think I think Celtic and Rangers and the SFA, and quite a lot of other clubs in Scottish football, wipe the current leadership away. I think the whole thing needs to be thought. You need an outside body. You need somebody with fresh eyes who's got a modern approach, a modern way of thinking that uses. This is part one of the points I was going to say. You know, like where's the new media? Like we're not using new streams of media. We are the new media. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's even things like I said to you, and I'll go back to this point. I said to you boys, right? I was watching the English games last night. Well, our be- in my opinion, our best commentator was covering the English yeah, games last night 100%. in Alan Coist. So it's not just players, no. it's not just fans. We're losing our best people to down south. So, See, if money was no object to me, I would look at Scottish football with so much potential. You know, you've yeah, got these two been, giant clubs that, that with the potential to win European trophies if they were investing properly. But do you know what would put me off? It would be that leadership yeah. across the board that would make any sort of change as impossible as I possibly could. In the SPFL, I'm sure, you, you still need to have a unanimous vote or an 11 to 1 vote to pass yeah, anything. It's... The whole thing's broken. and But I don't see any leadership. I don't see any governments. The only people that I think are de- that would desire to change it are the fans. Let's try and find some more common ground, boys, and move on to the trivia questions. Now, listeners, I am going to give the boy and the bear one final chance now we do have a, a list of listeners questions that have been written into us so thank you very much for them but I, I think it's only fair yep one more chance boys to sort this out yourselves and but it's not it's not that we've not come up with good questions it's just that, that you don't know anything about your answers. answers yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably the most important part of the podcast but uh, yeah so scotty i'm going to open the floor up to you first please mate your question for patrick thank you so i would like to ask pat who was the second most expensive Scottish signing for Celtic. By Scottish signing, so, what do you mean? Signing from no, 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 club. like Scottish player. So a Scottish, so a Scotland international. 
Scottish player who's signed for Celtic it could be from a Scottish club it could be from an English club who is the second Second most expensive expensive. that's a cracker yeah for a Scottish Scottish wait in terms of money that Celtic yeah yeah so you've bought the player from another club just making sure, yep, Steve, I because like I've turned into that at the Naomi thing again. Yeah. <laughs> He's finished. <laughs> He's only twenty-eight. He's only two. Ah, good question. Um, now I know that Scott Brown is up there, but I'm not sure if he's the first. Mm. I I still think he might be the most expensive Scottish player that we've bought for four and a half million. Okay. And then, and then I'm struggling to try to think of other other. Other Scottish players we've bought, you could narrow down to Greg Taylor. You could have Kenny Miller, although I'm not sure if we bought him or we signed him on a free. You're just going to go for everyone to buy yourself time. These are the sort I'm of tactics that yeah. you slate Scott for on a weekly yeah. basis. Right? See, I'm nice. Yeah, See, yeah. the listeners, I'm nice. I don't yeah, jump true. in here and put me under unnecessary pressure. Second, the second most expensive Scottish player that Celtic have ever yes. bought. Ten seconds. Mm. Taylor? Sorry, Pat. No, <laughs> not even close, mate. No, I didn't think so. So Panicked. who was it, mate? Sean Maloney. Wow. Yeah. So you bought Scott Brown for four and a half mil. Yeah, yeah he he's was the, the most expensive. expensive. Right. Um, yeah. And then Sean Maloney for three point one million. At, was yep, it and then you spent three million on David Turnbull. So Sean Maloney pips him by like a hundred so grand, basically. So. Yeah, I would have felt more sorry for you if you said David Turnbull. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. Didn't even go through your head. I wonder how much Greg Taylor was. A couple hundred thousand. Well, that's, that's one nil to listener questions. <laughs> hey, that was a good question though. That was a good question. Yeah. By the way, can I just say that shows uh, that Scottish, like what we just talked about, with Scottish football. When did you sign Sean Malone? It must have been like what, fifteen years ago. Something like that. Yeah. Still the second most expensive. Yeah, it was a while ago. Anyway. Paddy, your question for Scott, please. Forgot about Turnbull and Maloney. I never would have got Maloney, so fair play, Scott. Thanks. Um, Scott, I've gone so easy on you this week, man. You said this last time, mate. It's very simple. We've been chatting about it. It's a massive game for you later on. I'd like to say, by the way, there's a three-point gap in these episodes uh, in Patrick's favour, so this is a massive question. Oh, God. That's another gap that's going to widen for the end of the year. (laughs) If you ask me what gap (laughs) we widen first, the the points gap or this gap, I would say this gap, you know. Our knowledge gap. (laughs) Scott, how many times have Rangers won the League Cup? Oh, <laughs> good question, mate. <laughs> the panic in his face there. Mm. A Scottish League Cup, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, mate, the Welsh one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing what you said to me, mate. Uh, Stop wasting our time. You better not be typing. No, no. Um, I'm trying to think. Hands up, please. I'm trying to think. Um, I think it's... I think so, you know, listener, Scott is rub rubbing his thumbs together I feel like we're at some sort of psychic reading for Scottish <laughs> trying to get a message from the other side please help me um, I think it's 27 times correct yeah. oh thank god this is a glorious day this means I've pulled it back thank Christ mate even I I'm happy yeah. you got that right yeah. I'm happy I'm <laughs> ecstatic honestly is that? I think that, this is episode what fourteen, fifteen. Fourteen. There, and that's the second. Yeah, one second one right. I've ever got. Right. Although I need to stop celebrating Rangers points, to be honest with you. To be fair, I was, I was. Bit, uh, it's not as loud as you celebrate yeah. the goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm delighted to say that that is 
uh, a point to Rangers and the episode to Rangers yes! for Boy, bringing the gap back to two. It's on, the title race is on. Well, thank That's you. Right. So, <coughs> moving on to our final part of the episode, gentlemen, is prediction time. And there has been a change of uh, leadership. Ooh. I know. So Listen to him try to say this without sounding smart. <laughs> right, go for it. Well, I was reading a bit of paper and I gave Scotty one job this week, which is to do the predictions, and he couldn't even bring himself to put me top of the table. Nah, never going to happen. <laughs> I said, until you admit that you're a bear, I won't put you top. All right. <laughs> I'll admit a final game of the season if it means I'll win this. <laughs> so, we currently have Paddy on 22, Steve at 23, well and Scotty at 22. So, you boys are now joint. Coming up this week, Tight. we have Rangers at home to Dundee on Saturday and Celtic away to Kilmarnock on Sunday. Well done putting the days of the fixtures in there, Scotty. That's a good add, good add to the predictions part. Yeah, so you want to rescind your comment about me being shite at putting this together, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Paddy, I'm going to come to you first. Predictions for the fixtures, please. Uh, so Rangers at home to Dundee, I think, will be pretty straightforward for them. So I'm going to say Rangers 3, Dundee 0. And Celtic and Derek McInnes will play 10 men behind the ball. It'll be hard to break Celtic down, but I think we're going to do them for now. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it's only going to be tough for the first 15 minutes and then, yeah. You just you just tried to add a bit of suspense there for absolutely no reason. Well. <laughs> hey, I, I'm trying to do a podcast, <laughs> man. I'm trying to make it enjoyable for people to listen to, you know what I mean? Gee, sorry if I sound bland most of the time. You should just try getting your questions right now, add a bit of enjoyment. <laughs> I've got several right throughout the series, I'll have you know. Uh, to be fair, he's right. done all right. Um, I agree, I think, uh, obviously at home to Dundee. Sure. Watch him copy me. Watch nah, him I'm not it. copying you, mate. I'm not copying you. Uh, I'm going to say 4-0 to Rangers at home at Dundee and I'm going to go for a nice 1-1 draw for Celtic v Kelly. Wow. Hey, listen, you wanted to create some... some Mate, that's a staunch Absolutely. prediction there. Well done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and where does that opinion come from? Thin air or is there some logic behind it? Uh, I think Kelly has always been a difficult ground for Celtic, so I, I, I suspect the Blue knows it is McInnes to put up a good fight. I do love that earlier in the podcast you said you struggled to see where Rangers make the gap back from in the first opportunity you have Celtic dropping points. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, go on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a Rangers 3-1 victory and I'm going to go for... I think Kilmarnock will make the more tricky Nice. Now listen, I'm going. I'm, I need to try. I need to try and jump up the table here. So I'm just going out. Just taking risks. Pretty much, yeah. I'm going all in every time. You've been listening to the boy and the bear. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us your thoughts to the boy and the bear at gmail.com and please also suggest us to anyone you think might like the pod. And please do follow us on Instagram at boybearpod. Heel heel boys. Follow follow. See you next week, lads.